0: following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. All right, so we're going to be in Acts 8, Isaiah 50-something, and we're going to go ahead and dive into this scripture, and I want to start you off with this question. When was the last time you heard and responded to the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the interesting thing. For uh, those of you who may be newer with us, uh, our heritage, our background is we are uh, Lutheran, and as Lutherans from Germany, uh, we don't like emotions. That's our church body. is like, we will stay here in this box where Jesus is, right? Like, that's what we like, is we like knowing God here. So that question of When was the last time you heard the Holy Spirit and responded? If you've been in the Lutheran church for a long time, that can get a little dicey. But maybe you're new to our church, or maybe you say, hey, I love being here. Don't know if I'm Lutheran. That's fine. You will be soon. Um, But we're glad you're with us. But this is also a question for all of us is as we think and as Jesus tells us, he will send the helper to us. We know that's not something that just happens in a um, boxed-in setting. The Spirit works how He'll work. He'll never work contrary to Scripture, right? We always want to make sure we're learning that. But I want you to think, when was the last time something happened, and either in the moment or later as you viewed it, you said, that was the Holy Spirit working in my life, and I responded. And some of you are saying, listen, I'm at church. Why do you think I showed up this morning? That Holy Spirit kicked me out of bed again. And I'd say, I prayed for that. But keep that question in mind. When was the last time you heard and responded to the Holy Spirit? Because here's this interesting thing that happens. So we've been talking about the book of Acts. We did um, Pentecost, which is the actual moment the Holy Spirit shows up. And uh, we get the flaming tongues, we get this moment where they're speaking in tongues to the nations in Jerusalem. Well, then last week we talked about Saul who becomes Paul, how God takes enemies, makes them friends, and then says, go, and sends them out. And now we're going to talk about a guy named Philip. Now, to make sure you're thoroughly confused, there's Philip the Apostle who you're going to see all over the New Testament especially in the gospels and then there's Philip the evangelist who is particular to the book of acts right because it wasn't like the bible was confusing enough let's name one person or let's use one name for several different people if you think you're confused i had to spend a couple minutes going okay that's philip the apostle that's philip the evangelist this is and this, so i pulled it apart a little bit but here's the first time we see Philip the Evangelist here in Acts chapter 6, and we talked about this even last week. So they're looking around, there's been a complaint by the Greek Christians in Jerusalem who say, hey, our widows and orphans are being ignored. So the apostles say, listen, we've got to be preaching, we've got to be praying, so we're going to appoint some folks to take care of the widows and orphans. And they said, and what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, who we talked about last week, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip. So that's our Philip we're talking about today. Philip the Evangelist, and Prochorus, what a great name, and Nicanor, another great name, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. So here we have this mention of Philip. Philip the Evangelist, who comes in at this moment. And there's a reason we know him as Philip the Evangelist, he would have been a deacon there at this point. So let's talk for a second, what's an evangelist? Well, if you look at Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, it says it like this, and he gave the Lord, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. So we have these categories of people that have been put in places to help the growth of the church. So an apostle is someone who's going to be taking and leading the message out. Prophet is going to be the person you don't like because they're the person who comes up to you and goes, listen, I think the Lord's saying this. And usually they're confronting sin in your life. Not a lot of fun. Then you get shepherds. These are the people that you look and you go, spiritually, they get it, right? So the shepherds are the people who come alongside you, especially in times of need, who help guide and bring you back to the green pastures, the people that the Lord puts in your way who have that comforting word, that spiritual growth, and then teachers, people who are going to help you understand the faith, give you that head knowledge that builds your heart so that you walk out with your faith into the world. But an evangelist is a person who looks outside the church and says, I'm going to take the Word of God specifically out there. They'll be a part of a body, but they're going to want to look and say, who are these people who don't yet know the Lord? Now, today we'll talk about Ethiopia a lot because who Philip runs into is an Ethiopian. But if you want to ever spend some time looking at how evangelists work. Right now, churches in Ethiopia have a lot of deployed evangelists. And these are people who have kind of a geographic area. And what they do is they're going from town to town talking about who Jesus is. They're having church in homes. They're having church on sidewalks. They're having church under trees. They're having church wherever they can because they're meeting people where they are. And so today we're going to talk about Philip, the evangelist who goes out and takes the word where it needs to be. So we have this story of what we just read this morning. So our first character is Philip, who you've heard about. Now we have the Ethiopian, the Ethiopian eunuch. So here we go, the PG-13 sermon this morning. What is a eunuch? A eunuch is a man who has most likely been castrated to serve in places where he will no longer be a threat because of said castration. So it ends up that these people um, will rise to power in different places, and especially in royal courts. And so here we have the Ethiopian eunuch who has risen to a high royal place amongst Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. He's come to Jerusalem. Now, now, there's an interesting thing as we read the story this morning. Um, it talks about how he had come to Jerusalem to worship. So this is someone who knows God, who may not be a complete follower yet, but knows enough that he has come to Jerusalem to worship. He's come to Jerusalem to pay respects. The other thing is we know is he's Leaving, as he's on his chariot, he's reading. So that shows us how much wealth and power he has. Number one, to have a chariot, right? This dude is not walking around like the rest of the chumps. Not only is he not walking around, he's got a chariot. This is the guy in New York in the black SUV, right? He's got a driver. He's got a bag man, right? And he's rich enough that he's got a book, which at this time, the scroll of Isaiah is going to be a big deal that he's able to purchase a handwritten scroll to read as he goes. And so we have this Ethiopian man traveling from Jerusalem, returning to Ethiopia. who's a man of wealth, a man of status, a man of power. And here's what happens. And the Spirit, this is 829, and the Spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot, right? This is a fascinating thing. Go over and join this chariot. Now, Philip is listening, paying attention to the Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, the last time I heard the Lord that clearly was never. So I'm a little jealous of Philip right here, right? So he's, he's just sitting, minding his own business, and the Lord goes, hey, 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 go. That chariot right there. And Philip gets up and immediately goes. Now, there's an interesting moment here, and I love this. So if you were to look at this, and, Bo, can you give me the next slide? Here's a little breakdown. So I'm going to use some Greek to prove to you that I'm smart. So, and the Spirit said to Philip, go over there and join this chariot. Now, the Greek word here, join, is kalao, which is to glue together, cement, fasten together, cleave to. A verse you'll hear often when referring to marriage is that, and the son and daughter will leave their parents and cleave to each other, right? So when the Spirit says, hey, go over there, and the ESV decides to translate it, which is what we're using, they say, join that chariot, which is really nice. But the Spirit's like, hey, stick to that chariot. Cement yourself on the chariot. Do not let go. So I want us to remember that when the Spirit speaks, sometimes things get weird, right? Because here's this guy. He's just going home. He spent his time rejoicing. He spent his time worshiping. He's reading his scroll. He's on the road headed home. And then all of a sudden, here comes Philip, out of nowhere, just jumps on the chariot, right? Now, I don't know about all of you, but most times when I come to a stoplight, I wonder, aha, is my door locked? (laughs) Nope, click right? It's always that first stoplight I hit. Doesn't matter where, when I hit a stoplight, I think, oh yeah, not only for my like, personal safety, but also like you know it's safer when the doors are locked, if you were to get in an accident, all those things. But how weird would it be if you were driving along and all of a sudden some random person just hops in the front seat? See, that's when I'm hopping out of my seat. Be like, car's yours, I'll see you later. You know, it, was, it worked great for me, You know, hope you enjoy it. But here's Philip, just runs and listens to the Spirit and hops onto this chariot. Now, please hear me. I am not telling you to go, I'm going to wait on the sidewalk. And that first car that comes to the stop sign down here, I'm jumping in. Not what I'm saying. That was a very specific moment for Philip. But the Spirit is very specific. Go to that chariot and glue yourself to it. And so he goes, and then things like keep getting weird. Because he goes, hey, what are you reading? Right, which is exactly what you want when you're sitting in the back of the limousine and someone hops in. Yes, what are you reading? That's the craziest thing you could ask me. What are you reading? Well, the eunuch, in just some clarity of mind, the Holy Spirit, looks at him and says, well, here's what I'm reading. I'm reading from the book of Isaiah. This is what he reads from the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that was led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, As for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. So you get a little bit of a paraphrase from the eunuch as he explains it to Philip. But that's Isaiah 53 is what he's talking about. And Philip goes, well, you know what this is about, of course. And the eunuch goes, no, I don't. I wish someone would explain it to me. And Philip's like, so glad you asked right? And I love this from Acts 8.35. Then Philip opened his mouth. Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. He took Isaiah 53, and he opened his mouth, and he shared Listen, you want to know about that lamb? You want to know about who was led to the slaughter? You want to know about who was taken away for the transgressions of his people? I know him. Let me tell you about him. And so as they travel, Philip keeps speaking to this Ethiopian, telling him about Jesus and who he is. And he must have covered a lot because they pass a stream and the eunuch points out and says, Hey, there's water. Can I be baptized? And Philip, as any good person says, is like, Duh. Let's do it. Let's do it now. So Philip opens his mouth and outspills the good news of Jesus and who he is, so much so that the Ethiopian says, Yes take me. I see water down there. I want to be baptized. And think about that. Like, if I'm driving by the San Gabriel and this is happening, I'm going, there's water. Let me be baptized. If I'm driving by someone's tank, I'm going, let's wait till we get to the San Gabriel, right? But here the Ethiopian looks and says, no, no, I want to be baptized. I want what you've shared with me. And so Philip takes him into the water and immediately baptizes him. Now we get this really weird point in scripture where it says, and then the spirit w- took him away. And there's like kind of two different understandings. There's the very like supernatural understanding that it was like Philip, you know, just poof, was gone. And listen, if the Lord wanted to do that, he did it. Does the Bible hinge on that? No. So here's the Ted interpretation: is that the Ethiopian was ready to go home. Philip knew where he was supposed to go. And so he said, I've done what the Spirit called me to do. It's time for me to move on. And so they part ways. However that happened, supernatural disappearance or a handshake and I'll see you later. Whatever it was, they have now parted ways. The Ethiopian going home and Philip being sent to what's next. Now the fascinating thing right now, Is that as you look at this moment of evangelism where Philip shows up, listens to the Spirit, does what he's called to do? One of the fastest growing churches in the world is in Ethiopia. In Ethiopia, there is Christian tradition that predates any cathedral that was ever built. Because Philip listened to the Spirit. And there was a man in a chariot, and he hopped on for a ride. And the Ethiopian goes home, and what we have to believe is he starts sharing the good news of who Jesus is. And we know this was going to happen. This shouldn't be a surprise, because Jesus has already looked at his followers and said, listen, you're going to take... My word from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. And so here's a moment where the Spirit facilitates this meeting between Philip and an Ethiopian man who had started to understand. And the word of God goes to Ethiopia, and it doesn't even have to be one of the core members of the church. It's a guy passing by in a chariot. And I think there's some things that we can walk away with. First, I want to differentiate real quick between the idea of the office of evangelist versus being evangelistic. Right? There are people who are called to be evangelists. You know them. I know them. If you don't know one, I promise you someday you'll meet one because this is the person who, unafraid, looks at someone and goes, well, do you know who Jesus is? And you just want to curl into a ball and be like, we don't talk about that at lunch, right? You're like, listen, maybe like later we'll talk about it. I'll show them with my actions like Jesus told me to. But Romans says faith comes by hearing. Let me tell you, I've met people in my life who are evangelists that you look and you go, that is your gifting. They are unafraid as they talk to others about who Jesus is and what he has done. And by others, I mean people who are de-churched or unchurched in places that don't feel safe. Now, if you say, listen, I don't think my gifting is in being an evangelist, that's fine. The Lord has gifted us all differently, but you know what that doesn't excuse? You learning to be evangelistic right? I'm not going to ask you to go knock on someone's door and say, if you died tonight, do you know where you'd go? Because listen, I'm not doing that. So I'm not going to ask you to. But what I want you to think about is, are there opportunities in your life for you to share who Jesus is? You see, evangelists, these are people sent to peoples, to crowds, to groups, Because the Lord has blessed them with that ability, but he sends all of us to be evangelistic. Maybe it's one or two people in the next 10 years. Maybe it's one or two people in the next month. I don't know what it is, but the Lord has placed you in places where you are to be his hands, his feet, to share the good news. So don't make it an excuse to be like, oh, well, I'm not an evangelist so I don't have to worry about that. No, no, no. You may not be an evangelist, but you're called to be evangelistic, to share the good news. And as you think about that, I want you to think about the timeline of Philip and the Ethiopian. A lot of times we think, here Philip shows up, and he shows up to the Ethiopian. He comes in and boom, there it all happens so quickly and neatly in one story. And it's so quick, it's in an afternoon. But I want you to think about the fact that the Ethiopian was already re- reading Isaiah 53. When was the last time you walked up to someone who like, didn't know God? And you're like, oh, what are you reading? I'm Isaiah 53. Right? There had already been work in his life. The Lord had already been working what we are seeing here is the running back who gets to take it into the end zone but what you're missing is a hundred yards of other things that have happened the beauty in this story one of the beautiful things in this story is we see that what has already happened in this Ethiopian's life is that the Lord has been at work for quite a while. And you know what? It's okay if you're the first person. It's okay if you're the person just helping someone understand who Jesus is. Don't be downtrodden. If you share Jesus with someone, they go, well, that's a nice story. Because listen, when the word of the Lord goes out, it does things, but it might not happen in your timing. I can tell you, I've been blessed several times to the person at the end of the line, where I get to see the life of someone who has now come to the Lord and hear the story of all the people who invested in their lives up to this point. And listen, my job is the easiest, right? Because that's when people look at me because they go, hey, I want to be baptized. I go, let's do it. Like I went to seminary for a reason. Let's make it happen. You want to go to a river? Great. I've done the San Gabe in October. Ain't no river scaring me. You want to have a sprinkle? I got a baptismal font. Let's make it happen. And I have been blessed to be a part of that end line, but to hear the stories of people where they say, listen, my grandma before she died prayed for me and shared that she was praying for me. I've been the person to get to hear, listen, I had a friend, a cousin, an aunt, an uncle, a co-worker. And you know what that is? That is everyday people responding to the Holy Spirit in their lives. Because, listen, I wish that every time the Spirit spoke to us, it was like, hey, 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 that chariot, go. Right? Like, I wish that's what it was. I want that so deeply to say, I wish that every time the Spirit spoke to us, it was this audible voice, right? But you know what? We have all these moments in Scripture of people hearing the audible voice of God. But you know what we miss is some of the everyday people and how they're responding to God in the everydayness of their life. That followers of God over their lifetimes respond daily to what God is calling them to do. It is our job as people of the way, following after Jesus, to respond to the Spirit day in and day out. And you know what? Sometimes responding just means stopping and praying and going, Lord, I can't handle it. For me, last weekend at the men's retreat, we were talking about refuge. As we went through it, we ended our time going through Psalm 23. And I realized for me, as I read through Psalm 23, the, the point where it talked about he leads me beside still waters. There was something about that, the imagery there of sitting next to still waters in the shade and relaxing. There's something for me that that's like that is the point in your life where you have an emotional moment where you're ready to just bring the word of God and then he's like, hey, We're going to embarrass you real quick. Psalm 23, right? Lead me beside still waters. What I realized was that in my life, what I needed, what the Spirit was prompting in me was I needed that time to bury my roots deep next to still waters. So this past week, I told the guys, I was like, listen, every morning I'm going to wake up i'm gonna read psalm 23 so three mornings this past week i woke up to psalm 23 but you know what the lord kept bringing me back even later in the day if i missed it to that point because the spirit speaking to us can be as simple as saying listen when you read the word of god here's what you need today here's what you need to remember here's what you need to be brought back to am i coming through out there Yeah, Matt? Okay. If not, sorry to the folks joining us online this morning. I can be loud in here, but maybe not on... All right, we're going to preach. So, the Lord comes to us through many different ways. The question is, can we slow down enough to hear Him? Can we respond to what He has given us? in our own lives, and for the lives of others. Can we give to people what the Lord is calling us to give? Can we be filled up to be poured out? Because you know what happens is that Philip shows up, talks to the Ethiopian. The Ethiopian says, hey, baptize me. He baptizes him. They go their separate ways. But you know what Scripture says? He went on his way rejoicing. That as the Ethiopian eunuch leaves, as he heads back to his own country, he goes rejoicing. That is a gift that God has given to us as his people to give away. To say, listen, you want to hear the good news of my Jesus? Well, you're going to leave here and you're going to know his good news. And you'll go on the way rejoicing. And sometimes we will miss the promptings of the Holy Spirit. There will be times where we go, oh, no, that's what I was supposed to do. Okay, repent. Confession absolution. That's why we come together around repentance and the Word of God. But I love another piece of this story. And Philip opened his mouth. Right? It wasn't Philip stood up on the chariot and gave a perfect soliloquy of who Jesus was. No, Philip opened his mouth. He just started talking about the goodness of who Jesus is and what he has done. So many times what we fear when the Spirit prompts us to share who Jesus is, is we go, I don't know what to say. Good, open your mouth. Trust that the Lord is going to give you what you need. Trust that he's going to take care of it. Learn, as 1 Peter says, how to give a defense in gentleness and respect, right? That's the big thing, is learning to do it in such a way that honors others, that builds them up instead of tearing them down. But what we see with Philip and the Ethiopian is that when the Spirit prompts and we answer, when we stick to the chariot, the Lord is going to accomplish his tasks. So here's what I'd ask you to pray this week Pray, Lord, let me hear you and respond. That's simple. Let me hear you and respond. Because wherever you go, the store, work, School, home, the Lord is going to work for the growth of His kingdom and His love of you. And in that, we too get to respond to the Holy Spirit and where He's called us. Let's pray. Lord, we give You thanks that You are a God who graciously gives to us that you invite us in to be the people of the good news. As Philip was to the Ethiopians, so too we get to be for you. Lord, open our eyes to see the people who need your good news in their lives. Let us open our mouths to declare who Jesus is. In his name that we pray, amen. Thank you.